and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday the 16th of August. My name is Ben and I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How's it going, mate? You all right? I'm good, actually, mate. Yeah, how are you? Yes, I'm good as well. Thank you. A, uh, hopefully a less less drama-filled week in this house and everybody in, in better health, I hope. And uh, yeah, I can focus on things like football rather than uh, more, yeah. more challenging things, I suppose. Um, this is going to be quite a quick podcast, I think, because... Uh, it was not the most interesting game the other night against Swansea City, but we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about West Brom as well uh, and give a quick sort of preview on that one. And then I think we'll be back on Thursday morning talking about the West Brom game when we know what actually happens in that one. But uh, yeah. yeah, Swansea City, mate. Saturday night, second game of the season. A nil-nil draw. i got to say... I hate watching us on TV now. I think I've got like PTSD from last season. You know, just the sheer misery of all... 90% of the games that we played last season, and obviously they were all on television, yeah. it's, it's going to take a lot of good performances on TV for me to actually look forward to watching us on television again. Am I just being really stupid? No, yeah. I mean, I went to the pub, which makes a big difference, I think, because mm. there's a... Had a bit of atmosphere more. It's more like people complaining. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it wasn't as bad as the games where I was sat watching on my laptop at the end of last season, going like, "Oh, just make it stop, please." <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the the brilliant thing about the Birmingham game was us all being back, and the the match sort of was quite secondary. I felt because mm. um, you were there. This were back to the oh yeah, forgot football. The actual stuff on the pitch matters a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so it were like sort of yeah, it were I mean I'm I'll say now, I mean I might get hammered for this. I don't think we were absolutely awful. I think we were beyond average. I think we were pure five on ten, pretty much all around the pitch. I don't think it was a disgrace or anything like that, but it was just so bland. It was yeah, th- this is it. I-, I think I was quite down about it afterwards and then a few days on I'm like, well, yeah, just, I think just meh, really, is how I feel about it. I mean, my the thing I kept coming back to, even during it, and certainly afterwards, like, my God, that was boring. That was like, that was a really boring game of football. Funnily enough, you know, I kept thinking that. I'll probably use this, actually, in my humorous uh, quips that I do when I share the, the <laughs> podcast. You know, The Simpsons, when he's, that's boring, you're boring everybody. Quit boring everybody. <laughs> that just was going round my head, like, all the way through the match. Yeah, and I think, I mean, look, we're the only team in the championship here who have not scored a goal yet in the league. Remember yep. goals? No. You know, two years ago when we used to <laughs> score goals, uh, which makes me even more glad I went to the Carlisle Cup game now to see our yeah. one goal of the season so far. Um <laughs> I just that first half, mate. It just it just had me wanting to do something else. To be honest, I was yeah. I was staring at my PlayStation controller at half time and thinking, mm. <laughs> just... there was a twenty twenty five minutes by the first half where I, I, we were awful. We were absolutely awful. We got absolutely dominated. They just walked past us basically. They were nothing in there. Bird J, whatever we're going to call him this week. <laughs> um, he had an absolute shocker, particularly first oh, half, just giving it away, and it was the worst of. What you, I think that that midfield can produce in the sense that there were no mobility, no creativity, no tackling, nothing. I do think we improved in the second half. It still weren't good enough, but we did at least get a grip on things uh, in the second half. But um, yeah, it, it it were poor. It, it's not. I think like everybody wants to see some sort of progress, and it's difficult to really pinpoint anything there as a positive. I think. I think we're starting to see some progress in the second half, but I don't know if that was just 
Yeah. I don't know if it was like uh, replicable progress, as in like that's something you can carry forward into. This is it. This is what I meant by progress. We played better, but it's not like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see things coming together there. It was just, yeah, we were a bit better than bad. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. Um, We'll come back to uh, Burge. In a little while, actually, because <laughs> I don't, I don't let that go, go unmentioned. Um, yeah, I, I just thought that first off. I mean, uh, it just felt like ninety percent of our games last season, where I mean, they had like eighty-two percent possession at one point, didn't they? After about fifteen minutes, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's just like what I, I just felt like, and again, this is just conditioning from last season to an extent. But I just felt we're just waiting to concede this first goal and hope. You know, then maybe we'll change things and try something different because there's no yeah. way that the way the team is currently set up is actually going to win this game. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm not. I'm not really bothered about having possession. That's what Swansea do. Um, yeah. And I, I wasn't bothered because on paper you think, well, if we get the ball, we can break fast mm. with those four up front. And thinking, you know, that, that that could be the game plan. But we never got near him. We we never. There were a couple of balls over the top that caused a you know a few issues and stuff in that first half, but. You know, nothing. Poor from uh, McGoldrick as well when he cut inside, had better options. And there's a Billy shot. Weirdly enough, we had actually had the best chances in that first half. Yeah, well, I think we had the best chances in the game, didn't we, overall? Yeah. Like, I, I can't say we deserve to win, but um, no. we did create the better chances. I mean, I, I was going to say this a little bit later, but um, yeah, we defended well in this game. I just, I don't know if that's just Swansea, who I don't think are going to be that good this season like they're very good at yeah. passing the ball to each other but absolutely no cutting edge whatsoever. yeah they had this more... is it if, i think on paper people say well it's a playoff finalist team you've drawn nil nil with away and had the better chances and with you unless something improves and it is early i think they could have been mid-table at best i think swansea this this season yeah but all the same we held that team to one shot inside the box and that was from about 17 yards it was the uh the one in the second half where mm. uh, Ramsdale saved well from low. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was an improvement. Let's, let's talk about the lineup though, because this was uh, unexpected and surprising and head scratching in terms of like I have absolutely no idea how this is going to work. So it was essentially four strikers, two midfielders, four defenders, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw like the outright. I was like everyone said the midfield's going to be awful. It was very similar in midfield on paper to the midfield, which I, I thought we were going to settle four three three with. McGoldrick, Norwood, and Berg in the, in the as the three, mm. and that was pretty similar to the Bristol City home game if you remember last season, the FA Cup, where mm. Fleck played instead of Berg. But we had you know McGoldrick in that sort of floating role, so I wasn't too, I wasn't sort of like thinking, oh, this is an absolute out of nowhere sort of thing. But then we set up and it was a completely out of nowhere sort of thing, and I was <laughs> completely wrong with what I actually thought the team were going to line up like. Yeah, and that's where the the thing with the four strikers on the on the counter attack, as you said, it was just it was almost pointless because there was such a massive. They just sort of loitered near the halfway line generally, while Swansea were mm. knocking the ball around. And I mean, at that point, we might as well just have had like extra midfielders. I mean, you know, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna counter attack, you can do that from midfield. Right? I mean, I know there's a couple of times. Yeah, Norwood played one good ball. Well, he probably played a couple of good balls, but he certainly played one. Good first time chip over the top for um, for Burke that the keeper came out to and, uh, mm. and headed away. As most of our best opportunities came from Swansea, to be honest. In the first yeah, half, they did. They almost scored an own goal off uh, a good counter attack by us and uh, their goalkeeper. Man, I mean, <laughs> he, he gave Blackburn a penalty last yeah. week from basically doing <laughs> what he did against us here, but unfortunately, we we tackled him just wide instead of it trickling into the net. But um, I think. 
I mean, I said, like, as the game started, I wonder if we've got those sort of four up front because we know uh, Swansea pass it out from the back and we saw last week, as you mentioned last week, about Blackburn getting the goals, basically, from their mistakes. And I wonder if the the plan was to press them, you know, like, high up so they made mistakes, but it never happened. No, really. we didn't really do that all. It was way too easy to get through. That's why I kept feeling like last season where you're just like, we, we almost have to wait for our turn to get the ball. This is in the first mm. half. And the turn will come when they have a shot in our penalty yeah. area, which fortunately yeah. didn't happen here. But yeah, uh, Berger, oh, what was he doing in that first half? It was, I think three times in about 15 minutes, he gave it away sort of near our own penalty area. Like. Yeah, the, the, the one where I think Robinson had to put a block in and, mm. and I was just like, what are you What are you playing at, man? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, I really did not understand like that because it was the third time it had happened it's like what what are you doing like this is just keeps happening do something <laughs> yeah really frustrating first half like i said and i was not looking forward to the second half but i think things did improve but at the same time uh, you know we we sort of tweaked the the formation a little bit and ended up with Brewster who i thought would look really good yeah. Just so wasted on the... Uh, I mean, this is my sort of takeaway from this game. And I know it's still early days. We're still figuring out what we're trying to do. But it does feel like we wasted Brewster and Berger through most of the game. And yeah, we yeah, yeah. probably need them to have big seasons if we're going to have a good time this year. And, uh, you yeah. know, fully fully accepting that Berger also played really badly in that first half. But yeah. it's just like, can we, we have to find a way to have these players involved. I think it worked all right with Brewster in the first half when it was like part of a front three but then it was almost like he was a sort of straight up left midfielder in the second yeah. half he was like a left back a lot of the time and stuff I'm glad you said it about Bruce because I've seen a few people criticise him I actually thought when he had the chance he looked quite dangerous I thought he's good he's just really good like you know relative to I would say most of the rest of our team and probably relative to most of the championship as well like, I just feel like we should be getting him the ball in good areas yeah, as much as possible it's frustrating that we're not getting him into the game more <sighs> I mean, obviously we'll come on to Ollie Burke and stuff, but that the pace that we had in that team realistically should have caused them more problems than it did, I felt. Yeah, very much so. Um, who else did I want to pick out here? Well, we can talk about Burke if you want now. I mean, I just don't I don't understand how he fits into this team at all. I, I don't get it. I understand in a way why he's playing him in the sense that he's the only sort, sort of winger that we've got, um, like who's obviously played in that position before, but... I was so frustrated. I was shout. I, I feel a bit sorry for him almost. He just like he, he doesn't seem to know what to do. He doesn't seem to know off the ball. He's just sort of looking around aimlessly. And you're like, oh man, yeah, it really frustrating. He's I, I, we've said it all along. He's got every attribute needed in terms of being a threat, especially at this level. But I just don't know if he's got the footballing brain for it. I mean, yeah, the, the brainless is the word I keep thinking of when I watch him, and it's it is frustrating. Like, I don't. I don't remember seeing a player for United who is, is just just completely lacking in like game sense in terms of where the ball's going to go, like yeah. anticipation and what might happen next. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, there was I think it was a corner that Egan got ahead to, and uh, because he's really quick, Burke, yeah, he kept up, it in. Yeah. He kept it in, but I mean, if he'd anticipated, he might have got a shot away because the you know it was a pretty obvious where the ball was going. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he blinked and missed the. You know, trajectory of where Egan's header ended up, but I just thought I it was such it was an example. Huge reason in that first half why they kept breaking so easily because he was just sort of nowhere. There was no tracking back, and 
Bear in mind, he's sort of... I mean, Brewster, would, as you said, were off, you know, a left-back, basically, mm. uh, running back for most of that first half. And then, but Berg never really ended up anywhere. He was just sort of ambling around in midfield. Yeah, I have a few uh, hotter takes than this that I'm sitting on for now because I acknowledge it's too early to jump to conclusions. But, uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't Sack know. Sack the manager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about him being in this team at all. He just... He plays like it's his first ever game every single game. Like he's never played or even watched a game of football before. And uh, I appreciate that probably does sound quite harsh, but that's the impression I get after, what, maybe 20 appearances, maybe even more for us now. And coming off the back of what West Brom fans said as well. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty accurate, I guess. Um, We did have some chances in that second half. Um, A couple of pretty good ones, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, McBurney did. came on and um, put in a good through ball for uh, McGoldrick to run onto. The flag went up with this. The keeper saved it anyway. Oh yeah. boy! <laughs> if that had, if got, that had him, got him, yeah, because <laughs> he was bring back far. <laughs> it wasn't close to offside, was he? I mean, I know it was like a defenders running one way, strikers running the other, but it was like two yards onside. Um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate, really, that our, our best chances have kind of fallen to McGoldrick in this yeah. one. The other one was being uh, Berger's one sort of standout moment of the game where he uh, yeah. he just ran away from um, uh, from Downs, I think it is, isn't it? Their, uh, their yeah. new signing midfield. I mean, and it was kind of like we saw against Birmingham where it's like, uh, you know, a small child trying to tackle a grown man, basically. And he puts yeah. in a great cross. Unfortunately, McGoldrick just can't quite um, stretch enough to, uh, to edit into the net. But I'd also want to pick out that McGoldrick shot on the right-hand side. Do you know which one I mean? Um... When he blazed it over. I've actually, that one's a slim on mine, that one. I don't know. I swear he defied physics with that shot. He, he took no sort of run up to it. He was on the side, he had really good space, and he blasts oh. it so far over, like almost like a, a hard chip. It was just a bizarre <laughs> shot. And it's just, yeah, I thought he had a, one of his worst games at the United shirt, to be honest, for Goldrick. Yeah, because um, I, I when I saw the team, I thought, yeah, he's going to play behind the front three, really. And yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. more, But I I don't know, he, he seemed, if anything, he seemed like more advanced than a lot of our other strikers, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you mentioned him earlier, but uh, I thought Sharp was excellent in, uh, yeah. in 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 a couple of times where I would like uh, catch myself and sort of be like, who, who is that that's, you know, just nutmeg their defender and is dribbling forward with the ball on the counter-attack? It's like a... Again, I've seen people criticise him. I, it's not, I, I didn't see it like that, maybe with beer goggles, but I thought Sharp, <laughs> particularly in the first half, was the only one who looked dangerous at all, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much how I saw it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I will say at least we didn't lose, and we did put together a few chances in that second half. You can definitely say we played better than our last trip to Swansea. <laughs> oh, yes. Wilder, yeah, where yeah. we uh, lost 1-0 to a, a McBurney goal. Um, we're also one of only five teams to uh, have only conceded one or less goals as well. So there's that. You know, defense has yeah. uh, been fairly solid. Went to obviously with the back four again. Moved Jack Robinson over to left back, and but Basher... that was a bizarre move for me. I mean, maybe with a height. Really, he's not even big, is he? So it can't be that. I, I don't. I don't understand. Well, I suppose it's, I don't. I don't know. Maybe Norton Davis was wasn't fit enough, but yeah. Mm. Is is that the only thing you didn't understand? Like why? No, Norrington uh, Davis instead of John. Uh, there's a lot of things I didn't understand, to be completely honest. <laughs> I meant specifically a... about that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just think 
for a start, I think his best position, by all accounts, is like a left left side of centre half, which is obviously why we brought him in. So he can play left back, but he's not he's not going to give you anything in an attacking sense, is he? Mm, this is one of my mild to hot takes that I don't want to say just yet. Oh, really? Um... And I just think on, on the on the ball, he's pretty sloppy. I think as a defender, to be fair, you know he puts good challenges in. He was fairly solid in that sense, but. I think if you're going to try and pass out from the back, as we are obviously trying to do, I'm not sure he's the man you need, to be honest. I mean, if Ben Davies comes in, obviously we'll come into this later. I've not seen him play that much, but by all accounts, he's really good on the ball. And that's the sort of player I think we're going to be looking at. And I'm not sure if Robinson fits into that. Yeah, I think that'll be a, that would be a big upgrade, I think. Um, yeah, so we, we shunt him out to left-back. Basham starts despite... Uh, Looking quite ropey against Carlisle, I thought. Um, yeah. he... I thought Bash played all right, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought the whole defence did, for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting seeing him Yeah, move, move Egan over to the left. I don't know if that's if you're compromising his ability there, but I thought he did a, a good job himself, to be honest. Um, one other player I want to mention, Ben Osborne, I thought did really well. He was, he you know, we, we talked about him being quite poor at left-back in, uh, yeah. in the previous game, but... Um, yeah, and I don't know what to credit that to, really. If it's just a, you know, adding a third midfielder made a massive difference, or if it's, you know, because it was one of those, a bit like a game last season where we weren't having much of the ball and where Osborne has, you know, really acquitted himself really well in those games, if it comes down to that. But yeah, he gave us something on the left that we hadn't seen well, we throughout the entire game. Too, didn't we? Because Bogle came on, on, mm. on the right wing, and Osborne, and we did look better. We did look like we had, we had width for, yeah. for a start, and Norwood sat a little bit deeper, and he, he did a, a couple of good balls, a few of his famous pings out to, the, out to the wings and stuff. And I think we did look better with that. But, you know, I don't think all season you can ask Osborne and Bogle to be played on the wings. Yeah, possibly not. Um, I wonder if, I, I, I want to see what Bogle looks like where Burke played. I want to, yeah, I yeah, want to see yeah. what that looks like. I'm sure they are seeing what it looks like in training, and the fact it hasn't happened yet um, suggests maybe it's a, a non-star. That's kind of where the it only thing annoying with Osborne, by the way, is that ridiculous shot. Oh, just like oh. that frustrating thing of the entire game. Oh. Does really well, cuts inside, loads of options, right footed over the ball, <laughs> twenty five yards. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was killing me a little bit. I like, I I do like our new, uh, you know, tendency to have a shot if the opportunity is there, which we yeah, haven't done yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah. But that was one where <laughs> there are better options than shooting on your weaker foot from twenty five yards. I think. Yeah. But uh, no, it was a, it was a decent cameo from him. I thought. Um, any other uh, things you want to say about this game or the uh, any individuals within it? Not really anyone else stands out. I thought Bolo got booked really early on for a pretty stupid tackle, to be yeah, honest. He, just, he played a bit of a dumb game, I thought, Bulldog. Yeah. He, he looked like I was actually wanting him off for Bogle at one point, just uh, for an attacking sense and the fact that he'd been booked as well. Um, yeah. I think Ramsdale had very little to do. Uh, uh, yeah, he would just... Like I said, as I started, I think it was average rather than poor. I think I could pretty much give every player five out of ten. Yeah. Not uh, is it like uh, I mean, where are you on like the the panic ometer? Is it are you nudging further towards um, worst case scenario season, or is is that not moved the needle this one game? No, I think I, I can't judge until I know what the squad's going to be basically, and we're not going to know that for at least another two or three weeks. For instance, you put 
an on-form Vieira in that midfield and Ben Davis at the back and say James Garner or whoever it is 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 linked as well. You're a different. You are a different team completely. So I, I don't. I, I still can't judge until I know what the team's going to be. If that team ends the season, I don't think we'll be anywhere near the playoffs. To be honest. Mm. Yeah, possibly not. I, d- I don't know how I feel about. I don't think it's affected how I feel about the season just because I was, yeah, expecting it to take time. But I obviously would have hoped to have seen a goal by now. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like too much. This is to the ask. thing. We can't be hypocrite. We can't sort of say, oh, it's not good enough. Whenever we both said, and every other podcast that I've heard has said, and Benjamin Bloom and not the top 20 guys, people have watched championship football, have all said, we're going to start slow. We've got mm. one point out of two games. So it's not that much of a shock in that sense at all. No, but at the same time, I don't think it's too much to hope to be, you know, moderately entertained at some point. During I agree. Two it's, games I say it's boring. It's really, really, really boring. I don't think that's anything to do with the manager. We know how he likes to play. And after the game, I don't know if you heard his interview where he said um, they seemed happy. Basically, he said that they seemed happy to settle for a point, and that's not what I want. I want them to go for a win. One point is not enough. I said that about United. You mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I didn't really get a sense of that when I was watching. I thought we were actually pushing for. I win, presume it's but... just a case of uh, um, being braver, maybe. We, mm. There was a lot of backwards passes again. And I don't. I know we want to keep possession, but I don't believe that's how he wants to keep possession. Yeah, interesting to see uh, how it develops. Um, let's have a very quick break, mate, and then we will talk West Brom and a few other things as well. Blades fans, football's back. Fans are back at Bramall Lane. What could be better than that? Well, I'll tell you what could be better than that. It's the return of a great offer from an old friend of the podcast, Beer52. The new season's starting and Beer52 are offering a free case of eight fantastic craft beers to our listeners to help you celebrate the return of the Blades in style. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover the postage costs of $5.95, and your eight craft beers will be on their way to you, along with the award-winning Ferment magazine and a couple of snacks. These aren't just any beers we're talking about. Beer52 is the world's largest beer club, and each month they send their 170,000 members a case with a different theme. And don't sweat if you're not a fan of dark beers, although you do have my sympathies if that is indeed the case, you can always choose a lighter option instead. Beer 52 don't hold you to ransom. You can pause or cancel your membership at any time. Just head to beer52.com slash bladespod today to take advantage of this offer now. That's beer52.com slash bladespod. Big thank you to Beer 52 for supporting this episode of Bladespod. Now back to the podcast. And we're back, and in just two days' time, we're in action again. Sad to say, probably a much tougher game than the ones we've failed to win so far, and that is uh, West Brom away. Us being the only relegated team not to have scored five goals yet this season, I think is the uh, the mm. starter. So have I got that right? They scored, does it, how many scored the day? Two? Yeah, five, five. Yeah, three against Luton and two against uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, right, yeah. Um, and that's a difficult start for him as well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'd say they've had a harder start than we have, to be honest. Mm, yep. um, and yes, under a, a new manager, of course, who, uh, from from what the early statistics suggest, is implementing a new style with some success. We're only we're only two games in, but they are already the team with the most possession wins in the final third. I noticed earlier. Mm. 
which would worry me slightly, <laughs> given the way we've been playing. It's literally probably the last team you want to play in the league. If they're playing like, you know, as is Mel set up against uh, with Barnsley, yeah, that doesn't go well with what we're doing at the moment. No, I, I feel like I need to just spend a few minutes having a bit of like um, mental uh stealing myself for Wednesday night because yeah. I have a feeling it's I don't know, I have a feeling we might not be in a good mood on Thursday morning and oh. it can make me feel better. Come on. It hasn't happened yet. I, I, I'm very big good on news. I've got one bit of good news for you. Uh, it's not even well it, it it should be good news anyway. West Brom's they do play a high line, a really, really, really high line West Brom. He did it with Barnsley and the, I saw the game against Bournemouth they did exactly the same and as I was watching it I was thinking this this looks perfect for us to get in behind with the pace. Well, it's obviously when Moussa were fit as well, you know, with the pace we've got, balls over the top. There is that we do still have pace. Ollie Burke's unfortunately one of those people <laughs> with pace. Uh, Bruce has obviously got pace as well. Norwood's got his ping. There is there is there is an option there to get behind them definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not we're not playing Man City here, are we? No. Anymore. And you know, this is a team that we did look better than. Uh, I would say for. What maybe eighty percent of the two games that we played against them yeah. last season, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's so. I, I don't know. I think I'm just affected. I think last season really affected me as a fan. Like, mm. and yeah, I, this, I agree. And this is why I just want to shake. You know, for, forget it exists basically, and just pretend it was fake football. But I yeah. just can't help being like, I need, I need something. I need a spark. Like, I need us to win one. I need us to have an exciting score, draw something before I can feel like something's going to coalesce into mm. a positive experience here. And yeah, yeah, this, as you said, this feels like the worst possible fixture. I mean, the only thing is in my head, I'm not writing it off as in like, Oh, we've got absolutely no chance of getting anything at West Brom, but I am sort of already thinking about Saturday more than this game. To I, be honest. I will be, I have to say, I will be really, really surprised if we get anything uh, with the way we are at the moment. Not, not with, well, for loads of reasons. The fact that, we're obviously started so slow. We're still figuring out our best team. I have no idea what lineup we're going to put out. Mm. There's obvious weak points in the team at the moment, I, and I'll be really, really surprised if we get anything. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean the you know as I say, we've defended well overall in the first two games. I think in terms of generally restricting teams to not many chances. Again, maybe you could say with Swansea, that's just how they how they're going to play this season. So, you know, there's something in that I think which, you know, could give us something to 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 build off and then hopefully we can actually put together a counter-attack. But I don't know, we're in I'm really torn on this because yeah, well, on the one hand, I'm like uh, you know, oh this is going to be so tough for us to get anything just cuz the way that we've started the season and it's going to take time to come together, but then it's the championship, you know, we mm. we've got good players theoretically. They... Yeah, it's just a it's just a state we're in at the moment. We're the fact that we we have no idea. I don't think he kind of has any idea what his best eleven is, which is not his fault. You know, he's he's not had a preseason. He's two games, but it is that you know. I think he's known at Fulham for basically changing things around every week until he got onto a formula. And I think that's how we're going to be. The, the only good thing we've got coming up, I think the next two home games, I think, are Huddersfield and Derby. Is that right, I think? Uh, simply Derby in the league, uh, in the Cup. I think. I think oh, we, we had him in the league. I might be wrong with that, but I, I'm pretty sure we've got two OK home games. I'm hoping that we get a couple of wins there. Once you get that confidence going, 
that could change a lot of things. Yeah, the run of fixtures after this looks a bit kinder, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield, Luton, Peterborough. Oh, Peterborough, sorry, not Derby. Peterborough, Preston, yeah. Hull, Derby. Hull. Yeah. Yeah, so... So I'm hoping if we could pick a... You know, if we could get a win against Huddersfield, as you said, we're right in this game off already. Maybe that'll start the, the confidence rolling a little bit more and obviously players will be coming in by then as well, hopefully. Yeah, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll start to see... See it starting to look like players know where they're supposed to be because I can't believe that Brewster was supposed to play left midfield for that second half yeah. and just barely touched the ball as it felt. Um, we can't not talk about this person and maybe if we talk about him here we'll reverse jinx him into not having a good game. Callum Robinson for... CR7. CR7 for Oli Burke. Yes. I mean, it, it just looks worse every week, doesn't it? What I will say is... There is a bit of a, like revision going on. Robinson was awful for us. Mm-hmm. There's no, he, he, I don't even know if he had a one good game. To be honest, I think his greatest moment was coming on against Man United and putting that ball. Chelsea, I, I maybe. Remember Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea in the second half. Yeah, we played him in the completely the wrong position. It's quite obviously not a centre forward. I've no idea what we were thinking by buying someone who's quite clearly a, a, a winger sort of strike rather than a, and, and playing him as a central forward. In our system now, giving me back. <laughs> It'd be perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I that makes total sense. And I I mean the 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 risk that I don't risk the approach that we took here is who will offer us more in the Premier League, Ollie Burke or Callum Robinson? And I I, I get the logic in that in hindsight. Um, I don't think that totally is how it worked out. And Robinson certainly scored more Premier League goals last season than uh, than Burke did and possibly will ever do, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I sort of, I sort of see the logic of like... Hey, I do. That- limited team, insane athlete, gives us something that could trouble teams uh, that we don't have. Whereas we had other players who could play the way Robinson... Well, exactly that, yeah. I think we position. saw Berg as basically a, a Moussa, sort of, not maybe like a second choice behind Moussa, because when mm. we were on fire in the Premier League, Moussa was a huge deal with that with his pace. Yeah. And I think that's what we thought, we'll use Berg's pace to get up the pitch, and it never happened. Well, yeah. he, he started off all right, but it soon became clear he wasn't actually very good at football. <laughs> <laughs> but the I remember when we signed Callum Robinson, I was excited because I knew he was good in the championship and it felt yeah. like it fit an overall strategy of if we get relegated, we've not broke the bank yeah. and we have a, a play, you know, a, a raft of players with a proven championship pedigree. So Robinson, McBurney, Luke Freeman... Someone yeah. might have slipped my mind there. Um, ben yeah. Osborne. Yeah, Ben Osborne and I guess Jack Robinson were, were two others that um, that followed later on. But, yeah, so, you know, it, we had that good championship player there. And as you say, if, you know, if we'd held our nerve, we must have known we were, oh, I don't know. When did, when did we, it was in the first, the summer transfer window, wasn't it? That, um, yeah, I've Robinson got no problem with this. He obviously went on loan to West Brom, didn't he, at the end of the, our yeah, first yeah. season in the Premier League. I would, I, I were okay with that because I think at that point it was like our six choice striker, something mm-hmm. like that behind Moussa, McGoldrick, McBurney, Sharp had, had overtaken him. It made sense. The what sticks? I think if we'd have just sold him, you'd have said, oh, maybe we should have kept him. But the swap deal itself and how bad Burke's been is definitely adding to this sort of, oh, what have we done? <laughs> yeah, I know. And, uh... If we'd have just banked seven, ten, seven, eight million for him, I think you could say. Well, yeah, probably, yeah, that were a good deal. But the fact, I don't think it was a straight swap, were it? But 
No, there was supposed to be a bit of money coming our way as well. Yeah. But I doubt it was seven, eight million in a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to reflect on because, as you say, it's, you know, the circumstances affect how you feel about it, I suppose. Uh, 100%, really, yeah. Really, maybe that's yeah. a really obvious thing to say. I don't know. But, yeah, it's... I don't feel good about it right now. <laughs> Put it like no. that. And I think this is what I'm generally quite optimistic when we sign someone, but I do remember having some uh, some doubts about signing Burke. But then I was also like okay with letting Robinson go because he just That's he, it. he absolutely did not fit what we were trying to do at all. Um and obviously, you know, from from Wilder's perspective, he wasn't thinking like Maybe I should hang on to this guy for when I get when I leave the club and then my successor can make great use of him yeah. in the championship. So... This is the thing. Selling him made sense because he didn't fit into the one way that Wilder played. Mm. And it was quite clear we're never going to be... He's not strong enough to be a central forward. I don't know what we were thinking by trying to make him that because I've seen nothing in him to suggest that that were ever going to be the, the, the way forward for him. Yeah. Selling him is absolutely fine. It's just one of those things, you know, he didn't fit into the last manager's system. But it's the swap deal with Burke that is sort of because he's been so poor, you're like, look what you could have won in it. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those sort of things. Yeah. And, and it's because the way that we're trying to play is sort mm. of tailor made for Callum Robinson. And it's not tailor made for Ollie Burke, I would say. No. And, no. Uh, and Robinson, obviously, has had a very good start to the season. He's got two goals already. I think he might have an assist as well. West Brom yeah. have had a better start to the season than us. And it's, I don't know, it's, the narratives stack on top of each other and just feel like they're only going one way on Wednesday night. And that is, of course, an Ollie Burke hat-trick back at the horse. <laughs> What's really bizarre is we've got all these strikers, and I do believe, I don't agree with this narrative that's being painted at the moment, that none of them are good enough to get 20 goals. The records are there for themselves. I, it, it's bizarre though that the system we're playing with the three up front it doesn't seem to suit any of them because none mm. of them are lone strikers and none of them are sort of wing stri- they like to play in a two from what I know of I think McBurn is the only one who probably you know prefers the three which yeah. did at Barnsley and Swansea I, I, it's just not working out because we're not playing to the strengths of these players I don't think yeah possibly not um, so yeah, <laughs> sorry for everyone listening. I don't feel particularly good about Wednesday night, but I am looking forward to the weekend. I like, I think it's just that I just want to go to a game again and not watch it That's on it. television. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, if we can get a, if we can get another point, or who knows, maybe even uh, even everything clicks and we get a win, then uh, yeah, we'll be off and running, mate. But yeah, it's going to be tough that one. I think that's probably our. I mean, I guess at any point of the season, that and Fulham away are probably the toughest games on the entire fixture list, aren't they? So if you want to be super optimistic, whatever happens, we'll we'll have chalked that one off and have a slightly kinder run of fixtures coming up and another 90 minutes of fitness, presumably, in most of these players. The fitness thing is a a thing. I still think... I mean, every player's talked about uh, in the the after-match interviews, and I don't... I am pre-match, and I don't think it's an excuse. They're all saying, you know, we've not had a pre-season, we need to get this up, we need to get this up and running. I do think the first four or five games are probably going to be almost played like pre-season games in the sense of the tinkering. Yeah, very much so. Um, We've mentioned a few already, and we're hoping for signings eventually um but it it does sound like ben davis will join on loan and that yeah as i said before immediate upgrade uh when ronaldo vieira ends the longest period of quarantine <laughs> in the history of anything yeah <laughs> hopefully he'll be 
I mean, I, I would imagine he would probably slot straight into our starting team when he's fit. Is he fit? Because someone said, I'm sure someone, I, I can't remember who it was now, uh, some sort of journal, I can't remember who it was, he said he's not fit yet, but... Well, he presumably won't have been playing any pre-season at all. No, um, no, no, no. So, yeah, probably not a, not the level we need him to be at for sure, but the sooner we can, uh, you know, get him in the building, the sooner we can start mm-hmm. to build that up. But yeah, yeah, that those two signings definitely would make a difference, I think. Um, yeah, I think the mobility was a huge factor in the midfield on, on uh, Saturday night with Nordenberg. I think from what I know about Vieira, and I've not seen him too many times, the one thing he has got is mobility, getting around the pitch and being physical and stuff like that. And that is something I think we've lacked for a while, to be fair. Yeah, indeed. Um, on on Berger, do you, do you have the name of the chap that uh, started this the other night? What was his name? Uh, Thompson, I, it? Matt, I can't remember. I, I, yeah, but yeah. I'll, uh, he, he put it out there and did a runner and let us all argue between ourselves. He... <laughs> he Tossed a burning match onto uh, onto yeah a, a pool of petrol basically. It's, it, Matt was his name, and uh, Matt T seventy. Yeah, I didn't want to let this go by just so he knows that wasn't actually annoyed at him or anything like that. But <laughs> out of the blue, telling us that it's not pronounced Sanderberger as as we've no. been calling it, and it is uh, I think close to Zanderberger, isn't it? Which is well, I was with not the top twenty podcast, and they said it's funny because it's like going, and then uh, yeah, they've got some good players like McGoldrick and Sander Burge. <laughs> I said it like that. I thought, I'm not saying it like that. I'm definitely not saying it like that. <laughs> it, it does unfortunately come down to I'm not saying it like that. Yeah, I just feel yeah. more comfortable calling him Burger. So that's what I'm going with. I'm just going to call him Burger. Sorry, but you know I can't be calling him Sander Burge. I just he just um yeah. I, just, I sound ridiculous. Yeah, I can't even I, pronounce Baldock. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give a hat tip to my dad who's been calling him. He's been correctly pronouncing Xander for, for months and I've been Xander. I've been sat next to him going, I'm pretty sure it's Xander. Yeah. He thinks it's with a Z, which is how it's pronounced apparently. So, But yes, thanks oh, yeah. Tom for bringing that to our attention and the ensuing uh, <laughs> debate with... Yeah. And I think I woke up the next day and I had three people telling me decisively, definitively, three different pronunciations. Yeah, that's what was so bizarre. Everyone would say, no, it's this. And they said, no, 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 they've got it wrong, it's this. No, it's that. I was like, oh, God, just sell him. <laughs> <laughs> there is a clip of the man himself saying Xander Berger. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's like Berger in a Scouse accent, and that's why I feel odd saying it. So, yeah, 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 sticking yeah. with Berger, I fully yeah. appreciate that I'm wrong and probably being culturally insensitive in doing so, but that's that's the way it's going to go, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. There's a bit of a running jokes with a few people where we release a podcast and then sign a player immediately afterwards. Well, yeah. we almost that's had the opposite happened. last week where we released a podcast and it looked like we had sold a player immediately afterwards. Um, so, I just want to quickly talk Aaron Ramsdale to finish off because... Yeah, this happened, I think, while we were recording. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of rumours of him joining Arsenal, um, which I didn't give much credibility to because I don't think it made much sense. But then last Wednesday, I think it was, uh, all go in like uh, London football journalist circles yeah. that uh, United were in advanced talks to sell him to Arsenal. And then more details emerged about how much Arsenal are willing to pay us and what a strange sort of 24-hour news cycle this really was. was. So they basically want to pay us, I think, I think twenty to twenty-two million euros, which was what was cited, which is 
quite a bit less than we paid for him 12 months ago. And but there are rumours that we only paid 10 rather than 18 and the front, rest of yeah. it. Yeah, whatever. But it's so frustrating because I get the feeling the club have probably got budgeted for at least him or uh, Berger <laughs> to go. <laughs> um and I think this is why everything's taking so long. I don't think it's the case. Oh, they've got no money. I think we. I think it, we all thought one of them had been sold by now, and now we've got two weeks to go till the end of the transfer window. And who knows if Arsenal are going to come back? Yeah, and it's 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 been weird to follow. Like, there's almost this. Uh, I, I know you know idiots on. Uh, I don't mean everyone on Twitter is an idiot, but there are some idiots on Twitter. Let's just say that yeah. idiots on Twitter who seem like morally outraged that we haven't sold our goalkeeper to Arsenal and are, you know, <laughs> depriving him from fulfilling his wish. But the fact is, he is worth, I would say he's worth 30 million to us. If he's not worth that to Arsenal, then okay, bye. You know, he, he will stay with us. But, you know, I get, if he's selling for 20 million, well, you have to replace him. So there goes a chunk of that. And then yeah. how much is left, really? Particularly if it's a, you know, an incentive-based deal that, is paid over a period of time and is based on him making appearances in the Premier League, which he might not yeah, do this season, or or play for England, which he arguably would be less likely to do if he's just bench warming at Arsenal. So yeah, the longer it's... it goes on, the less likely it seems he's going to go. In the sense that we do need a replacement goalkeeper. You know, people might talk about Verips, but you know, we've seen him play once, I think. Um, <sighs> Everyone, like, obviously, we're linked with that QPR goalkeeper. Is it Ding, Ding, or something ding, like that? I think. No, yeah. Yep. Why would they sell their goalkeeper two weeks before deadline day? Well, that's the other thing. If uh, you know, say he goes to Arsenal for twenty million or whatever, then every other club is aware that we have twenty million, and anyone mm. else that we're going to try and buy a goalkeeper from is like, yeah, all right. Well, it, we want an extra chunk yeah. of dosh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating getting lowballed by Arsenal in this because obviously they just spent fifty million on Ben White, which is a hell of a lot of money for classic um... debut from him on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't it, Justin? I think Ramsdale probably would have saved uh, Brentford's first goal as well. To be honest, <laughs> I think he'll stay now, Ramsdale. I really think Ramsdale stay now. I think I think they both mind. I really do because Sanderberg is not really putting the sort of performances what's going to let other clubs say. Yeah, we're going to pay that, what is it, 20, 30 million release fee or whatever it's supposed to be. And I don't think anyone else is going to come in for Ramsdale. And if Arsenal have moved on, I think he stays. Yeah, I hope he does because, well, A, I like him. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. th- that's the goalkeeper position sorted for us for a very long time, in theory, yeah. if he does stick around. But, yeah, he, he, I think it just leave us in um, the lurch a little bit. I, I really don't want to go through the rest of the season with uh, Fodderingham or Verrips in goal. And... Yeah, I, I also, I mean, I could stand to be proven wrong here. All this stuff about, oh, he's not happy and he's on about, I don't see that. I really don't seem that sort of person. I, I know sort of people who know his family, if you know what I mean. And mm. that, I've not heard anything like that myself. So, I mean, I could say it could be wrong. We could finish this pod in the hands with him, but I, I don't get the feeling he's, he's unhappy, he's going to down tools or anything like that. No, he played, uh, you know, that happened on Wednesday, played on Saturday, put in a good performance, and mm. uh, yeah, all smiles. I say that, he's come out uh, in the last minute and decided to just jump with his arms <laughs> out by his side, did you see that? I did actually, yes, I thought that was um, the sting in the tail I was kind of sat waiting for. Yeah, but... yeah, I was just like, why are you using your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I feel like I had something else to say about this this Ramsdale 
non I don't know it just it just doesn't make any sense to me I think I said this so I was interviewed um by Ars blog the Arsenal podcast which is yeah. uh excellent website and uh and podcast um and and, I, and he was asking about this was about three weeks ago. He was asking about Ramsdale, like what kind of um, keeper he is, and you know, can he do this? Can he do that? Etc. And and you know, I was just talking about the move, and I said, I just don't think it makes sense for anyone apart from United. Like you know, that was when they were talking about thirty million. I don't think it yeah, makes sense for Arsenal to sign him. I don't think yeah. it makes sense for him to go to Arsenal. Like, I'm sure it does on a pure you know pay packet sense. Get but... your money out, yeah, yeah. And look, they're one of the biggest clubs in the in the in Europe, probably. Um, I get it in that sense, but as you said, he's not going to go in as number one. Mm. Why do they want to pay thirty million pound on a keeper who's not going to be the number one when they've got a huge amount of problems in their team? Yeah, it, I'm not the fans don't want him. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't understand. I, can't, I It's such a bizarre set up deal, anyway. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. I, I don't see him going anywhere unless Arsenal really are just off the rocket to be honest and just offer yeah. us an amount that we absolutely can't turn down and I think 30 million is probably that threshold to be honest yeah I agree yeah what about what about if the offer is 30 million on like with 10 minutes to go on the deadline <sighs> no because you're not going to get a goalkeeper you're in 10 minutes <laughs> I mean I suppose you could, does the loan window carry on open after the official no. transfer window no no they closed I, that a few years ago that would be nice. Uh, I don't want to go back to the old that classic Sheffield United, but that ah, would be. <laughs> you've reminded you've re- well done. You've reminded me what it was I wanted to say. This is like this feels like a what? <laughs> I don't want to say this now because he does get sold with ten minutes to go. I don't know, but yeah, this does feel like a bit of a watershed moment for the club. This is yeah. you know. It, it, it has become a meme among United fans. <laughs> except the first offer, <laughs> and yeah. that and that probably. Is why Arsenal are trying to lowball us, to be honest, because yeah, yeah, lowballing nice. has traditionally worked with Sheffield United. I mean, it's it's it, it very rarely in the last few years have we actually received a fee for anyone, to be honest, which I think speaks to uh, transfer policy over that period of time. You know, there's a lot, a yeah. lot of players go out on loan permanently and then never come back or get swapped for someone we're not sure is very good, for example. But yeah, it's certainly, we have, you know, 20 plus years, I'd say, of history of caving in these kinds of negotiations and not only selling an important player, but selling them for an amount where you're like, we've just got, we've got done there. That's, yeah, we've, we've like traded down essentially. How is that? A good deal for us, and I can't remember the last time we sold a player for more money than they were worth in terms of like a million. The last one, Lee Morris. Yeah, but even then, even then he was a good player, but injured. Yeah, yeah. No, it is hard to think of. That's a really nice shorthand way of putting it. We're trying to sell Ramsdale. Well, we're not trying to sell Ramsdale. We are negotiating. For more than Ramsdale is worth, I think, because he's worth more to us than he is to Arsenal, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's quite refreshing. You know, twenty million or whatever is is not something to be turned down lightly when you're newly relegated and you know we're not a, a, a club with immense financial resource resources, as I'm sure we're all aware. And obviously we're only yeah. what, four years removed from being in League One even now. So yeah, I, I hope this marks a you know, a watershed moment and if he does indeed end up getting sold. We get what we feel is gen. We the fans feel is genuinely a fair price for him. And yeah, yeah, same applies to uh, Berger as well. I'll put you on. Them. I'll put you on the spot. What What was the most annoyingly low ball sale? Can you Can you think of in your lifetime? 
wasn't the Babakis one really bad? No, that were a bad one. Yeah, we got. I think we get Kozluk and maybe Jonathan Hunt or something. It's not. Do you know what always annoyed me is, and he's not the best player. Benedict. We sold Nick Blackburn for a million pound, and he were our top goal scorer. I think we're top of league as well. Mm. And we we replaced him with Jonathan Forty on loan. And that I remember just being so angry about that. We let him go a million pounds, nothing realistic, like you know what I mean in, in football, uh, even in the past ten years. And we replaced with John, and you're like, well, we're not even trying, are we? <laughs> yeah, the the BT one was bad, um, but oh, also bad one, felt yeah. quite inevitable. I don't yeah, know. we sold him for less than we bought him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we paid four million to sell him for like what two, three, two, I think it was, yeah, two yeah. and a half, something like that. Yeah, that were a bad one. Yeah, yeah, that's we missed probably my awful decisions. One. Yeah, we did. Obviously, Dean and Fjord after the uh, is the ultimate. I feel like uh, Dean Saunders was another one, but he I can't remember. Was that like uh, Steve Bruce didn't even know that he'd been sold or something? Something nothing. like that. Yeah, he went to Benfica, didn't he? I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he was just yeah. uh... what happened to uh, the old once these lads have uh, heads have had their heads turned. Stuff, <laughs> well, Dave used to come out with all the time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm hoping this is the first time. That we're leaving that behind and we're moving into a more sustainable future. If you do where... keep hold of them, I think it could backfire in the sense that it might limit our chances of getting uh, your kind of just first choices at least, maybe. But I do think, as you said, it does. It is a watershed moment. If they do keep hold of them, it, it's the first time in my lifetime that I can think of. I think we turned down a couple of bids for Jagielka and Tong back in the day, but. Mm. This is the first time we've kept all the two players who seemingly are in demand quite highly. Yeah, definitely. The thing I the thing I feel with Ramsdale and Berger is is, is their value really going to decline that much between now and January? Like, unless you know, touch wood, they you know get a really serious injury or something like yeah. that, or, or even between now and the end of the season. I mean, what we're we talking like maybe a couple of million. Like, it's like really. Not going to be that much relative to their overall value, is it? So the I, only cautionary tale is Jack Butland. Jack Butland, who <laughs> was worth about fifteen million or something when he went down with Stoke, and then he just had two, three appalling seasons, and I think he went on a free didn't he, in the end. Yeah, where the hell is he now? Is he like I think he's a at Palace? I think like third choice or something he? like that. Yeah, yeah I, I, fi- I figured he'd probably be one of those uh, the sort of English backup third choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's Crystal at Palace. Palace yeah. Yeah. One started one one game for him. <laughs> there you go. That's why Ramsdale needs to stay here. He needs to play all forty six games this season and yeah. guide us back to promotion to the Premier League. That's what we want to see. Um, yeah. Any any final words, mate? Before we wrap up? No, I'm not looking forward to it Wednesday. But it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Two games. We're all looking. I can't wait for the new season. Two games, <laughs> and you're like, oh no, we're playing again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not there. I'm, I'm open minded. I. This is a bigger conversation, but I, I was sort of wondering the other day: it, Have I completed United? Like, you know, we talked yeah, about this yeah. before. It's like top ten in the Premier League might never happen again as long as we're alive. So, yeah, I, I think I think just the combination of that plus eighteen months of not being able to go, and now we can go again. Yeah, I don't know if happy-go-lucky is the right phrase, but I'm I get this. I understand. Like, this let's just see what happens. I can't. I don't know if I'm doing my uh, if if I'm doing the podcast audience a disservice here, but I I can't get too worked up about this. Honestly, the same. I I'm not angry. I've seen all the yeah. stuff on the S2 forum and Twitter and people for, and I can't be angry because at this particular moment, and this will change, but mm. at this particular moment, I'm genuinely happy that oh my, I mean, I've watched the Premier League all weekend. Mm. I've not, I didn't do that all last season because 
it's real football again. And that, to me, I think it, I'll get a bit deep, but I think it does show as well that football is more than just what's on the pitch by a mile as well. I think, you know, me and you or whatever, every 30,000, whoever it's going to be uh, going to Huddersfield on Saturday, we might see an appalling game, but it's still going to be good. We're still going to enjoy it and we'll still be going the week after that as well. It's beautiful. Are you sure you didn't pre-script that? I didn't actually, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for motivational talks if anyone wants to. <laughs> You've done a banging job there. I can't, can't possibly improve on that. What, what have you got to plug, mate, before we finish? Uh, view from Swansea. This is bizarre. I don't know if you read it, but they were delighted. Delighted what, with the performance? or the play? Yeah, they thought they were really good and they were, you know, we kept a quality side out and all this sort of stuff. So I think they might have uh, overestimated how good we currently are. Well, um, speaking yeah, of which, really not, not, to, uh, not to spoil the West Brom one, mm. you were telling me that they're more confident in us than uh, than we are. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them sort of... Uh, there's a few like, oh, this is a great time to play them and, you know, they've not been impressive. But then a lot of them are saying these are going to be decent. You know, they are going to get it together. They've got too many quality players and I hope they're right. <laughs> That's yeah, all I can yeah. say. Yeah. Exactly We're saying basically that we've got that many, like, incredible strikers. And they, everyone's pointing as well to uh, to the point of uh, Jukanovic at Fulham. I think everyone's making those comparisons about... I think they were 17th in November the season they went up. Was that the season they went up or was it the next season they went up? No, it was that season. It they was that season, wasn't it? Yeah. They took... Um, who finished second that year? Oh, come on. Uh, Wolves won the league. Uh... Wolves won the league by a mile. Oh, no. What year was that? 2017-18? Yeah, 18th? our first season back in the championship. I'll look it up. Why, is my, why can't I remember this? Fulham beat Villa in the final. <laughs> Cardiff, Cardiff, of course. Wow, Cardiff. Cardiff, wasn't it? I think they, they really took Cardiff all the way, didn't they? Because they were two so points, far yeah. behind. That, you know, and then by the end of it, I think it was two, yeah, two points he's looking now. I think there was something like 25 points behind him at Christmas or something like that. And they, they managed were... to get it to two points. Right, yeah, they were well below us in the league when we played them, weren't they? In, uh, in that five-four oh, game, they were yeah. like eighteenth or something like that. And... Yeah, they were eighteenth in the league. Um, so this is the championship as well, and that's why in the happy-go-lucky approach you were talking about, I am still sort of. It only takes six or seven wins in a row, and you you're in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, no matter what time you put that run together, it seems. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need. Six or seven in a row wins. In a row. Sorted. We'll be <laughs> shitting up the league in no time. Anyway, mate. Well, yeah, we'll be back after the uh, after the West Brom game. Like, like I say, I'm uh, I'm lo- I'm you know looking forward to that with a, an open mind. And hopefully, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, we'll see a good result. Obviously, but yeah, uh, another step to of improvement would be good mm-hmm. performance wise, and an idea of what certain players are supposed to be doing and just give Who knows, a the new ball. signing maybe. Maybe Ben Davis is at the back. Who knows? Surely, surely we're going to sign somebody by the weekend, right? We, I'm swear we said this on the last part. <laughs> <laughs> we said about three weeks He's saying ago. this for about like six weeks. <laughs> this is the problem. There's too much information now. Like we know about Ben Davis like three weeks before it's happened. Like yeah. Ronaldo Vieira, I feel like we knew about a month ago. Whereas probably 10 years ago, we wouldn't have known this. It would just be like, yeah. oh, yeah, here's your new player. He's, he's arrived in Sheffield and uh, he's in the squad for tomorrow. Bring back so, club call. Club call, yes. Halcyon days. What, what was the... Was it 3-1-2 on Teletext? The sort of news in brief. Do you remember that? I thought it was 3-0-2. You might be 3-1-2, yeah. I think 3-1-2 was news in brief. 
I used to love it because I never had tele takes. My nan had it, and oh, I could spend like hours just going through football stories on teletext, just like Alan Shearer being linked with a movie. Like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, showing our age here doesn't even cover it, I don't think. <laughs> Fortunately, we have the internet now, and we have uh, Alan Nixon tweeting vague nonsense every five minutes to, might to sign, try. Might. You what, sorry? Might sign, might not. <laughs> Bit in the paper, of course. Bit um, in the paper. Well, there we go, mate. It's uh, roysviewfrom.com for those views, of course. Follow you on Twitter at Panchero. Follow me at BladesPod. And uh, we'll be back Thursday, hopefully talking about yeah. first win of the season. We've got our first point, mate. That's something, in it? And a, a clean sheet as well. They were you know, few and far between last season, so yeah, got yeah. to start somewhere. All right, mate. Thank you, as always, for your time. Much appreciated. I will speak to you later. Cheers, mate. Thank you. That's all for this week, so big thank you to Andrew and a big thank you to Glistening Kicks, who are the sponsor of this podcast and a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. It was very exciting to see them open their first ever shop a few weeks ago as well. Really amazing to see how quickly this business has, uh, has developed and built up. So let me tell you a little bit about Glistening Kicks and what they do. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, shoes and midsoles, also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. Plus, if you're looking for a full repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you as well. As well as their new Sheffield store, Glistening kicks off a local collection and return in the city and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.